Welcome. You've joined The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David, and I'm actually really excited. Today we have like Miss USA on our show, and I cannot wait. Oh, am I supposed to say something else? Hang on. Okay, yes. I'm David, and I'm really excited. And are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And the excited David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We are. Her name's Whitney Miller, and I just can't wait to talk to her. And, you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and those amazing relationships, which Whitney's going to talk about, and hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So, do you feel stuck in a world of personal labels when you know you don't fit into any one particular box? Are you looking for ways to create or validate a unique designer relationship that works for you? Well, on today's show, we're going to find out how we can find the deepest truth and the best outcome for a relationship that fits our most authentic self. It starts with throwing away identifiers like open, poly, and swinger, and adopting a new attitude that includes love without labels. Wow, I can't wait. But before we introduce Whitney, let's take a moment to introduce our top waterproof blanket because nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot especially me, and squirt is hot until it's not, and then I have to sleep in that wet spot. If you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets, even if you're a huge squirter like my gorgeous sexy wife Carol is. You just have to throw it down and get it on. Our top waterproof blanket will protect any play space from messy massage oils, silicone lube, or any other sexy wetness. And the best thing is the easy cleanup. When you're done, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. Now available in two sizes and three color combinations. Order yours from Amazon today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket great sex starts now it sure does and our show the sexy lifestyle with carol and david gets going right now and we are so excited to introduce our super special guest today former miss usa and sports anchor whitney miller has found her true calling helping individuals and couples as a love sex and relationship coach specializing in unique relationship design Her journey started five years ago when she entered into a well-publicized open relationship with Aubrey Marcus. She believes that regardless of your relationship construct, monogamous or open, there's always ways to create more love, better sex, and a healthier and happier relationship. What about a hornier relationship? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm sure we're going to get into that. Whitney, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you for taking the time to be on our show today. Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. And what an intro. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I loved listening to that. (laughs) Well, that's all you. So there you go. Yeah, this is great. So thanks for having me on. You have gone through a big journey from being Miss Texas to Miss USA, an MMM fighter, and now a love and relationship coach. We want to hear the down and dirty. Can you give us a rundown? Yeah, you know, it is. I've kind of reinvented myself 
over and over again, I guess. Um, before I started doing pageants at the Nikai and I was competing in wake surfing and wakeboarding. Um, and then kind of a friend of mine called me and said, hey, uh, we want you to compete in Miss Texas. And it was the following weekend. So at first I said, absolutely not. It's just not my cup of tea. I don't want to do it. Uh, I'd rather spend my weekends on the lake and, you know, hanging out that way and not competing in pageants. And um, so, but I kind of, it sounds cliche, but I kind of had this idea that ah, if I don't do it, I might regret it. And I'm the type of person that doesn't like to wonder what if. I always like to try it. Um, so I have the answer for myself. And so I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's go. And I went down there and I borrowed dress, shoes, heels, swimsuit, anything and absolutely everything that I could borrow, I did. And went and won the swimsuit and won Miss Texas and then went to Miss United States from there um, and won that. And so it was just kind of a wild (laughs) turn of events (laughs) in my life, to say the least. Now, if I if I, if I read cor- if I read correctly, you actually describe yourself growing up a bit as of a tomboy, and here you went and won Miss USA. Yeah, it was so a tomboy. I mean, I I really competed in any sort of sport that I possibly could compete in. My I grew up with a single father. I had two half brothers, um, and so really any sport that my brother would do, I would do right along with them. Um, that was just how I grew up. And I also grew up hunting and fishing and was just, that was, that was my life. Um, and so it was very different and um, another side of me to put on, you know, a bright, shiny dress and walk on stage. But there again, I wanted that competitive nature. Like I have that within me. And so even if it's not on the field or, um, you know, doing some other sport like that, it's still a competitive you know, situation, and I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. So I said, "Why not? Let's go." So, Whitney, what do you think actually made you win both of those titles? Was there something special think, that you brought forward? Um, I think we all we're all special in our own ways. But for me, in particular, was I was as authentic and genuine as I could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people go through pageants and they compete in pageants for so long. And I use this term called pageant patty. Sometimes they are trained to a T to and look and do what they're supposed to be doing or what they think they're supposed to be doing or what the judges want them to do. And that's not really my nature and never really has been my nature. So I, I kind of made the, the agreement with myself that I was going to go and fully be myself and one of the judges in interviews said, you know, you seem like such a, such a free spirit. Why are you competing in pageants? And I said, because of that reason. Mm. Because I am, I wanted to try this out. And if going to be a role model, I want little girls to look up to me and realize that I'm not a Barbie. I am, you know, somebody who is living their life to the fullest. And if somebody can support that and see that and I'll wear a crown for that, great. If not, no worries. I'm wow. still going to be happy as ever and still living my life as, as me. Wow. And so you spent one year as Miss USA. Uh, did you do a lot of touring, a lot of speaking? Is that when you began like speaking publicly? Yeah. So um, I was always like a very outgoing kid. So I was always kind of like putting on shows in my living room and whatever. So I never really had a... Um, fear of performing or speaking publicly or anything like that. 
Um, but yeah, one whole year was dedicated to, you know, different charities and different events and photo shoots and um, galas and all kinds of things. And so it was a really cool experience. Um, I'm glad that I did it for sure, because it, it I, I believe that that helped me and helped mold me and give me the experiences um, throughout that year that I needed today. Now, did to they, do what I'm doing today. Did they guide you in what you had to say and what you couldn't say and what you had to look like and what you couldn't look like? Yeah, so a, a little bit. Yeah, they did. You know, you are, you're, they want you to be yourself. At the same time, you have to be aware of the causes that you are supporting. You have to be aware of the things that you are saying. You have to be aware of what you're wearing and doing and and I'm not that person. So I think I was a little bit of a challenge for them. They loved me, but they also, I think, wanted to like, they were ready for my year to end. <laughs> um, in like the best way possible. It's like that love-hate relationship. Right. You were the rebel. But, um, a little bit, yeah. I was a little bit of the black sheep of the, of the organization. And then plus going from there into MMA fighting, it's just once again, like, what is she doing? Wow. <laughs> right. Like that's where you, you headed. But what brought you to MMA fighting? So, you know, I was dating my boyfriend at the time, Aubrey Marcus. And um, when I, when you hand over the crown, a lot of people ask you, I was 22 at the time. Um, they ask you, okay, so does that mean you're going to get married and have kids now? And for me, that was not my path. I was not ready for that yet. Um, I'm still not quite ready for that yet. Right. So certainly at 22, I wasn't. Um, and and so I, I came up with the idea, okay, what's the biggest thing that I can do to challenge not only myself, because I still want that competitive side of me, but also challenge everybody around me, mm-hmm. you know, and break down the box of being a beauty queen. Mm. Um, and we had fighters that were coming through on it, which is his company. And I started training a little bit of kickboxing solely for, for um, fitness reasons and realized that I was pretty good at it. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to challenge myself and challenge everyone to think outside of the box and make the announcement that I'm going to go into combat sport. Wow. Wow. So from beauty queen to combat sporting, uh, just because you didn't want to be labeled a beauty queen forever. Is that really what the purpose of that was? No, not necessarily that. I I don't really care what people label me as, to be honest. But for me personally, I wanted to prove to myself, you know, that this is something that I can do and also show other people like, hey, you may think that this is, you know, one facet and I should only be able to stay in that lane. Um, But that's, I'm going to blow the roof off of that. And so you can watch me go through this entire journey of fight camp, which is the most challenging thing I've ever put, put myself through Um, next to open relationships. (laughs) If I'm being honest, (laughs) we'll get into Um, that after. (laughs) Yeah. But if you can watch me do this, then, then you can, you know, try anything in your life. You can go travel by yourself, which is what I always recommend for women. You can always try a new um, class, workout class. You can try something new in your relationship. There's just so many ways that you can reinvent yourself regardless of what age is. Mm-hmm. Never too late. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, all of those things are very good uh, ways of growing and, you know, and, and, and learning different things. Of course, for me, MMA fighting would not be something I would choose to do, but it worked out perfectly well for you. Uh, is it because Aubrey was in that industry? Is that why you chose to go in that industry? Yeah, 
I think a little bit, you know, like I said, we have the fighters coming in and um, I started training a little bit and realized that I liked it and I was a little bit natural at it. So I said, Screw it. Let's go. And I realized there was jujitsu. I realized there was jujitsu and I didn't have to get hit in the face and I didn't have to hit anybody in the face. So that's kind of how it started. So I started doing jujitsu, jujitsu tournaments, and then I upped the ante to, you know, MMA and boxing. Wow. Wow. And plus you're, you're, I guess, a natural athlete. So I think any type of sport that you would pick, you probably would exceed at it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I like (laughs) to think that. I mean, it was, it was, very hard but it was like I said the most terrifying and most challenging but most exciting thing I've ever done wonderful and now you find yourself as a sex love and relationship coach so there must have been some type of transition between fighting and sports announcing into becoming a relationship coach sure yeah absolutely you know during that whole time from you know five I guess we're almost at six years now um, with Aubrey, well, actually seven and a half total in open container, um, was we had this open relationship and I was going through the transition of going from a monogamous relationship and being extremely jealous in all of my past relationships into an open relationship all the while, while I was living my other life of, you know, fighting and then moving into sports commentating and, So we were constantly getting hit up about advice and how do you do this and how can I overcome this and what did you do here? And, you know, I would help people every once in a while, but I just didn't really have the bandwidth and I'm not really sure I had the the confidence within myself to speak from a place of knowing. Um, And then I was interviewing a world champion at Square Garden on ESPN in ring, which is like the pivotal moment in my career. And... I had this voice that just said, "If why are you telling his story when you have a story to tell? Mm. And I knew at that moment that I had to, once again, reinvent myself and quit my job, which was my dream job at the time. And um, so I quit my job and I went fully into, you know, helping people transition from monogamy into non-monogamy or even any sort of unconventional relationship, even just having a conversation with. Um, and then now, since that transition I've worked with hundreds of couples and singles and they all come from kinds of walks of life. People who are monogamous for 25 years with kids and want to stay monogamous to people who are polyamorous for however long and live in communities that way to people who are single. And so really it's just kind of been a blanket of what can we all learn from each other and the lessons that I've learned personally through, you know, going from being extremely jealous into an open relationship and what I've learned through that and how that can actually transition over into monogamy. There's so much that regardless of your relationship construct, it can be, it can seem so different, but there's so much that we can learn from each other, gain from each other if we just kind of are, are open to having that conversation. Absolutely. Right. Well, I mean, we have been swingers for 12 years and we're going to talk a little bit later about the difference between your open relationship and our relationship as swingers in our Great Sex Matters segment near the end of the show. But tell us a little bit, we're also going to get into your sex life and all that juicy stuff, but how did you um, meet Aubrey? I, I know you talked about it at a, at a fighting thing, but how did he ask you out and then how did he bring up the fact that he wants to be in an open relationship yeah so we met when I was in college I was Miss Texas at the time and somebody told me uh this new company just opened up why don't you see if they'll sponsor you because during that time you look for people 
in companies to sponsor you on the road to Miss United States. Um, and so I went and I met him and it was at his office. And at the time it was on it at the time, it was a maybe 550 square foot loft Mm -hmm. apartment, apartment in downtown Austin with five employees. And now they're at 180, 180 employees in this multi I, you know, building facility. Um, and so it's been really cool to watch that grow. That's another story, but yeah, so we um, just connected there and I came in, it was a day after his 31st birthday and he was a big partier at that time. And he was basically still drunk and he was in his pajamas <laughs> when I came to meet him. Yeah. And I was like, what is this dude doing? <laughs> um, and so finally he was like, yes, we will sponsor you. But first I, I want you to come to lunch with me and I want you to come do this with me. And at the time I was in a relationship and so was he, he was in, he was engaged and um but they were kind of at a point in their relationship where things were the differences were being heightened um and it just was maybe time to transition that and i was at a point in my relationship to where i was bored out of my mind and i was ready for that to end but i just didn't know how to do it um so he ended up you know um ending his relationship and we went on a trip to california but it was strictly business, nothing had happened between us at all by that point. Um, and once we went to California, it was just kind of like, wow, we really like each other. And after that point, I moved in with him three months later. And um, so then fast forward two years and, you know, we had sex at dawn. We've had these intellectual conversations about what it would be like if we did something like that. We have friends like Dr. Dan Engel, who was in the lifestyle. And we've talked to him about it multiple times it's one thing to talk about it and say like, hmm, yeah, I wonder how I would feel about that. And then it's a whole other thing to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And so he brought it up to me that he wanted to be, he wanted to try this open relationship, you know, we're two years monogamous at this point. And I said, hell no, I'm not, there's not a chance in hell that I'm going to do that. But had he, so had, had, Aubrey, had Aubrey done it before with his another relationship? So his other relationship, they had other women coming into the relationship. Okay. So it was never open on both ends. Okay. I mean, it was open to the fact that she could be with other women, um, but she could not be with another man. And that was just kind of his mindset. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we're taught in society anyway, that mm-hmm. men kind of get this harem. Um, and then when we started doing more research, when him got together, when we started doing more research and reading books and kind of diving into this topic he realized, oh, actually, that's not really how it works. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to be in a open relationship, and I was just too jealous. I had too many insecurities and too many fears, and that just was not a part of my path at that point. And so I had to walk away from the relationship. Um, but during that time, I went to go – I went on a backpacking trip that started off in Peru and did a plant med- – my first plant medicine ceremony, which was uh, Wachuma. Beautiful. And it was supposed to be a one – a uh, month trip and it turned into three months uh, backpacking by myself and I ended up in Thailand training Muay Thai and met this guy who was actually a friend of Aubrey's and we hit it off and I realized wow I can be attracted to this other man and really want to explore that relationship and have fun there but still very much so be in love with Aubrey and still very much so want to be in that relationship and committed to him So that was when the real light bulb went off for me and I came back and he was like, I want to be with you. I said, I want to be with you. 
he was already seeing somebody um, loosely at that time, but that we were going to be in this open relationship container and she was going to be a part of that. And that's kind of how we started off on this wild ride. (laughs) Wow. Wow. This is really, really great and fun information. But I'm just going to ask you to hold that thought for the moment as we remind everybody that we are Carol and David. And we are talking with former Miss USA, Whitney Miller, all about love, sex, relationships in a world where labels don't matter. All right. Let's take a minute to invite everyone to join us as we broadcast live from the world's most iconic playground, Hedonism 2 in the Grill, Jamaica, December 14th to 27th for the inaugural Hedo event, which is Repeat Offenders Reunion Days. Hedo will be celebrating your loyalty with the lowest rates of the year. And whether you've been there three times or 15 times or you want to try it out for the very first time, December 14 to 27 is the time to go and save. You'll meet up with old friends and meet lots of new friends. We'll be there too. And we can become your friends as well. Just shout out to us. And speaking about shout outs, we're going to shout out to our good friends at Young Swingers Week. They are doing a full takeover of Hedonism 2, March 2020. That's 280 rooms filled with young swingers between 25 and 45 at Hedonism 2 in Jamaica. I spoke to Brett this morning. There are only five rooms left. So go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com for more information or go to youngswingers.com and book now. Uh, now back to our program with designer relationship coach Whitney Miller from witandlove.com. That's W H I T N L O V E dot C O M. Thank you, David. So, you know what, Whitney, let's dive a little bit deeper. Hang on a second. Oh. Hang on a second. We were just talking about how she got into her relationship, and we could just throw a bombshell out there, which is telling her about our relationship, which is a little unique. So, Whitney, um, Carol and I are on our second marriage. Together between us, we have six children. But the part about our relationship is Carol's ex-husband is married to my ex-wife. Hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> and we I love weren't that. and we weren't swingers at the time. <laughs> right. Right. It just kind of happened that way. So, yeah, you have lots of cool stories, but so do but we. But everything <laughs> in life happens for a reason. That was the per- the purpose of it. And you know, when you get divorced, you're like it's the worst day of our lives. And now 12 years, 14 years later, we look back and say that was really the best day of our lives because we together. So, you going on this journey, this adventure meeting this person, coming back and saying, "Wow, you know, I can do life a little bit differently." than society says. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that it was that question for me, you know, like I didn't have the answer if I could do it or not. Um, so let me find out for myself. Yeah, and we only found swinging two years after we met. Like right. for the first two years after we got divorced, Carol and I fucked friends and we were friends with benefits. We went out and we had great sex with other people. And after two years, we went on vacation and found out about swinging at a, a resort in Mexico called Temptation. We met this couple from Europe. And for three days, they sat and told us about this whole world, underground world out there that we knew nothing about. And since then, been students of the lifestyle i mean yes now we have a radio show but it's just incredible finding out what you don't know that's how we learned about it and of course it was a quick turnaround for us because we just loved the idea that we could be open and talk about it and play with other people there was no question i know you had a question because of your tea which i'd like to talk to you more about that well you can talk about jealousy as well honey. but we didn't have jealousy at all and for whatever reason I guess because it's been our second marriage we were already knew what we didn't want in our lives and we had found each other and found the chemistry and we really just 
jumped right in, dove off the cliff and never <laughs> looked back again. And we just love it. And to this day, 12 years later, we're still active, full swap swingers in the lifestyle. And you know, for us, that's what works. And so you guys don't deal with jealousy at all now? No, not at all. But we never did even from the beginning. So, But it, you do just, have fleeting moments of jealousy. Well, you know, jealousy is a true feeling that everybody has. And I guess it's on you to either let it stop you from enjoying what you're doing or uh, pass it by as a fleeting moment. We are so secure in our relationship that I don't even think for a second that he's going to want to go off with that other girl who sucks his cock better than me. Very, I mean, you're never jealous about me fucking someone or me... Um, uh, playing with someone or or, or even you fucking someone, oh. but your issue is sometimes about kissing, right? Oh, well, if there's too much intimacy in it, because it's supposed to be about the sex, not about, it's not supposed to be creating emotional connection. Well, for us, that's our rules, that we don't create emotional connection. And we always the, play it together. Yeah, with the partners we're with. Yeah, so exactly. So like you said, we have to find ways of making things work for us. And we talk about right. it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so how actually did you get away from your jealousy? Now that we're on this topic, well, let's just continue with it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very open about it. Like I, I am still a jealous person and I still deal with jealousy, whether it's solely the sex or it's the emotional connection. Um, but it is like you said, you know, it, 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 it comes up. And I get to decide how that dictates. So for me, jealousy comes from a fear or an insecurity. Mm. Um, so I dive into that and ask myself, why? Why am I getting jealous? It's like if I, if I had an open wound and someone keeps poking it, yeah, that's going to really hurt. But if I heal that and someone pokes it, I'm not going to feel that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was really diving into why I was getting jealous. What, where, where does my fear of abandonment come from? Where does my self, my lack of self love come from? Why do I not feel worthy enough? Why do I not feel enough? And most of this comes from way before being in any sort of open relationship. It comes from, you know, how I grew up and it comes from any past relationships. And so I had to get down and dirty and really look at that and heal those and do a lot of self and inner work to, um, kind of get past those areas. Now, if I feel jealous, it's almost like a guiding star. I'm like, ooh, great. Yeah, I don't really like the feeling, but okay, what where, what am I going to learn from this? Mm -hmm. Like, let me get even, let me tap in even deeper with who I am and know myself even more than I ever have. Now, did you uh, work with a professional or did you work this out with Aubrey talking about what you liked and what you didn't like? Uh, talking was a uh, more like screaming. Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, you know, we would sit down and have very long conversations. We called them one hundred percent honesty talks, where we'd sit down and lay everything out on the table of anything that we were hiding or withholding, any questions that we had, and really walk away from that feeling like we were on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a big thing for us, really feeling like we were teammates and on the same page. Um, with each other because most of the time we weren't exploring together. Most of the time we we're exploring uh, um, separately. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it was just like, okay, let's sit down and really tap in with each other and connect and see where we can, you know, bring anything to light that we haven't been looking at. We also worked a professional, Dr. Dan Engel. Um, he was kept me from like burning the house down 75 times. <laughs> um, and so he was very helpful throughout that. Plus I realized, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of people around us who were 
in this type of relationship. In fact, we were basically the only ones within our community. Um, so a lot of it was trying to figure it out on our own and walking forward and falling flat on face and then trying to figure it out again and, and continuing that process. And at the beginning, when Aubrey would go um, and be with somebody else, it was, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get drunk and hang out with all my girlfriends and, and self-medicate that way. And then I realized, oh, wait, I feel terrible the next day, which only increases any sort of emotional dissatisfaction or emotional instability um, than I would otherwise. So then I realized, okay, I need to start really kind of cultivating a night that would take care of myself and heal and get curious about what was coming up. And so it was me reading books and listening to podcasts. A lot of it was spiritual for me. You know, the only way through, the only way through for it was like through it. I had to like read all of this and understand what was happening to me instead of distracting myself because I'm a master distractor to where I'm a very positive person, but I was using my positivity and my like happiness as a distraction instead of looking at what was really going on. And so I had to just create these, these nights or days or whatever it was, because that was the only way that I wasn't suffering. There's yeah. pain and then I feel like there's suffering. So the pain is like, ouch, this really hurts. Um, and if I don't look at it or I distract or I start coming up with stories and assumptions, that creates the suffering from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, did Aubrey have any jealous feelings himself or was it really one-sided? Um, no, it's jealous on both okay. both ends. You know, I don't think he was that I mean, he was fairly jealous in his previous relationships, but he was also fairly progressive for the people that he was, he was around. So he never really had to dive into that too much. Um, but so we started this open relationship and probably for about eight months, I wasn't, I didn't find anybody. I thought maybe I could just be monogamous. Um, maybe I would just, you know, find somebody at some point, but I really didn't have the want to find anybody else. Um, and so, but eight months into it, I did and had a really strong connection with somebody. And throughout the eight months, you know, Aubrey was thinking that he was going to cakewalk through this. And he tells this story often. And that was just not what happened. He didn't know if he wanted to throw up or poop in his pants or go around or like cry or what scream anything. Like he just had no idea what to do because all of these emotions came up that he wasn't anticipating all at once. <laughs> and that so, and the person that you met, was he open to open relationships as well or did you not tell him? Oh no, no, he knew. Yeah. He knew about it. He wasn't open to open relationships. It wasn't something that he was aware of. It wasn't something that he had done himself, but he knew that I was in a committed relationship with somebody. Yeah. So this is a brand new relationship that you had to cultivate from scratch and, and work knowing and work with the relationship and grow it, knowing that you were also totally in love with Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, you know, that was a part of our agreement. And so for me, it was just like, I didn't know, how deep that relationship would be. And for us, we stayed friends for a really long time. It was never a super deep relationship to where we were both trying and working to, you know, make all of this work. It was more of like the door opening kind of relationship for Aubrey and I in this within the committed container that we were in. 
Wow. Wow. It's all very interesting, which of course is completely different to the swinger lifestyle that we uh, enjoy, which we do together as a couple. We go into the situation together and we fuck around, have fun, and then we come home together and we reconnect ourselves uh, at the end of the evening, the end of the night, day or event or whatever it might be. We have the replay. And then we have a much stronger feeling for each other. Um, and yeah, we talk a lot about what what he enjoyed, what I enjoyed, what I liked best, what he didn't, and what he would do differently. And so we had that open discussion about, well, every time I'm saying we have this open discussion about what it is that makes us so exciting, what is the curiosity and being with other people, and yet it strengthens our relationship at the same time. So do you guys have right. that conversation after you've been with your other partners, mates, or lovers, whatever you yeah. refer to them? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, we do. Sure. We don't, we don't go into super in depth at the very beginning. I always talk about this with my clients because so many people get into this type of relationship, not knowing how much to share or what to say. And, um, there's, I feel like there's a spectrum of people who either want to know everything because it's so much fun for them and they can reenact it within the relationship and it turns them on. And I love that. And then there's the people who are like, I don't really want to know all of the details. I just kind of want to know like necessary, <laughs> And I feel like I've gone through the full spectrum of that a bit. So I started off not wanting to know anything. I honestly didn't even want to, I wanted to pretend like the other person didn't exist. Mm, right, right. <laughs> and, but that was not the agreement that we had. <laughs> and that was not, you know, working towards my ultimate, you know, growth from this. So for us, we had at the very beginning, we had four questions and it was, you know, were you guys intimate? Did you have sex? Were you safe? Did you, you know, did you use protection? Um, did you have fun? Because that's kind of the point of this whole thing. And do you want to see them again? Mm. And that was kind of the the template for us if we want to say. And then if we wanted to ask more questions on top of that, we could. Mm -hmm. Now we're at a place to where we can talk about anything and everything, and it's totally fine. Um, I'm not, I don't necessarily get turned on by the things that, he does with other people I think that would be awesome if I did like if I could crank that up I would love it <laughs> yeah. but um, we do have these open honest conversations where I don't have the jealousy or anything come up from it for me it's for me it's more interesting like I'm talking to a best friend you know that mm -hmm. if it was a girlfriend I might be like well was it good and yeah. did you have fun yeah. and what was what what's something crazy that you did right. you know and and so that's like the conversation that we have now Interesting. Now, I mean, it's it's very interesting listening to you talk about it. And, you know, we talk about being swingers and we have a huge swinger community that we participate in. And we are not advocates for people to become swingers. We are always advocates for people to do in their relationship whatever they need to do to make their relationship stronger. But my curiosity and question to you is, did you guys ever talk about swinging or, or doing something together with another partner? Yeah, we've, I mean, we've hooked up with other people before and other partners, you know, we've done that multiple times, particularly with his, with his partners, because his partner who we started this whole kind of journey with is now my very best friend. Cool. So this is like, that's definitely something that we do. However, I don't consider myself that bisexual right. um, on the Kinsey scale, if you want to say I'm like a one or a two. No, Whitney, Whitney, it goes like this. Carol's not bi-curious, nor is she bisexual. She says she's 
by situational, by selfish, by playful, by play friendly. Yeah. So it's all about what's good for her. Right. And at the time, and it depends right. who it's with and how I feel. And, you know, it's, it's definitely situational. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's very similar to how I feel. Um, and then same goes for Aubrey. He doesn't consider himself bisexual or anything like that. Not something that he's that interested in doing other than the fact that it's one of my biggest fantasies. Mm-hmm. So he'll like try to fucking figure it out. <laughs> you know what? It's <laughs> one know? of my fantasies too. <laughs> That's but, so but funny. You, you well, like it. You like it when we bring another guy in. The, right. Last week we did double vag, right? Yeah. And then you having two cocks in your pussy yeah. was hot for you. You yeah. got turned on. You scored it everywhere. Right. No, I, for sure, I'm that, that I love, but you're not bisexual. Oh my God, how sore were you after that? Not like, at not all. all. <laughs> no, oh. no, no. Was really? Great. It yeah. was a huge turn off. It was great, actually. It's amazing. amazing. It's amazing so. how wide the vagina stretches. No, it's really amazing. It's really cool. But I'm not bisexual, no. but I'm I'm not um, homophobic. homophobic right. And I know I don't have an issue crossing swords. When you put two cocks in your mouth to give us both blowjobs, that's yeah. the hottest thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So you're very open. Yeah, I think everyone's really on a... On on a spectrum really I don't mm-hmm. think someone can say I'm completely straight mm-hmm. to I'm 100% gay like mm-hmm. there's I feel like there is a spectrum and it's just wherever you land on that if that's fun for you great if you tried something you don't really want to do again then cool at least you know you know like I feel like people would be way happier right. and more open if they just kind of tried things that they didn't really know if they liked or not. I know. And, and I, uh, David does know that it turns me on to see guys together. Okay. But he's not bisexual, but you never know. So he, our motto, motto is we never say never. It might come up one day where it just feels right to try it and it might not. But in, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's whatever works. It's okay. It doesn't have, right. it doesn't have to happen. It creates great conversation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's the other thing is when it comes down to, you know, you talk about fantasy and desire, there's a, two different things desire is actually you wanting to do it whereas fantasies can remain a fantasy Mm -hmm. can remain something that you only play out in your head you don't Mm -hmm. actually have to do it Mm -hmm. and it can turn you on just playing it out in your head and that's enough Mm -hmm. absolutely and it, it, it does happen that way all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to remind everyone that we are having a great discussion with uh, Miss USA Whitney Miller. She's also a podcast host, a designer relationship coach. And when we come back, we're going to talk to her a little bit about uh, what is a designer relationship and how to create a unique relationship that suits your own wants and needs. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And coming up is our favorite part of the show, Great Sex Matters, and we all want better sex right? And one of the biggest issues preventing people from getting there is that everyday stress. And we have with us Lynn and Jonam, founders of Amarita Awakening. So Jonam, how do people get to have better sex from following your program and workshops? Great question, Carol. So this is almost like taking a mini vacation. And it's all about taking that sensual journey into the depths of your own mind, so that you can instantly relax and reconnect with yourself. And from there, you can connect far better with whoever you're sharing this intimate time with. And you can do all of this from the comfort of your own home. That's true. We created this as a tool so that you guys can be at home and learn to tune out the stresses and distractions of your workaday life and tune into the freedom that you really want to be here and to be present. Because when you're able to shut off that monkey mind, you know, the one that just chatters and chatters when you're trying to pay attention to something else, it stops you from being able to really de-stress. So with the Amrita 
awakening series, you're able to be free and explore just how much pleasure you can feel. And honestly, we have found that there really is no upper limit. Lynn Jonam, thank you so much. To learn more, go visit amritaexperience.com. That's A-M-R-I-T-A experience.com. All right. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are having a great discussion with Whitney Miller, Miss USA. She has also created this journey where she is now a couples coach, relationship expert, loves talking about sex. So, Whitney, let's go into what your passion is now, which is a lot about designer relationships. Yeah. You know, I think kind of what you guys were talking about earlier is I don't think one way to do the uh, relationship you know for you if monogamy works best for you great if poly or open or swinging or anything works that's what i'm all about I want people to live their truth and and have the best life and love life that they possibly can and so when i talk about unique designer you know unique relationships and designer relationships it really is coming up with a relationship that's it specifically for you and your partner and allows you two to thrive or you three or however many people may be in it to thrive outside of what your parents told you or your best friends are doing or society says this is about you and this is your relationship your love life so how do we create something that allows you to fully thrive in that now I know you work with singles and couples but if they're single and not in a relationship what kind of advice do you give them well, it depends, right? If they're looking for a relationship or if they're happy being single. I also work on a little bit of a life basis, uh, life coaching basis as well when it comes to confidence um, and finding that confidence and how to cultivate that confidence. And then also looking at anything that may be preventing them from fully opening and re- fully opening to love and receiving love. Um, and so that, I mean, that's something that can date back to, you know, your childhood or any past traumas or passionships and digging that up a little bit um, to be able to find like, okay, let me see if there's anything that's preventing me from really giving and, and receiving love. And then how can I call in a, a type of relationship into my life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure, because you have to kind of be prepared for what you want. And that's way that way you'll know when the right person steps along. Right, exactly. And the more that you uncover really truly who you are, the more that opens you up to a wide variety of people. You know, if you are staying closed and you're staying in your little bubble and you don't want to look at anything that's going on, that's going to give you certain people. You won't be able to be on the same wavelength. You won't be able to have the same relatability. You won't be able to have the same conversations that you may want to have in future relationships. And so that's why I think really going internal and Becoming the person that you want to be for yourself and be in your future relationships is extremely important before you go and call in the type of relationship that you want in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to couples, which we know that there's very, very few couples who have exactly the same sexual um, compatibility. So two people trying to find that common ground between them, which is kind of what you and Aubrey had to do in order forward. Is that kind of what you work with in couples, finding that common ground? It's anything and everything, you know, and so it's finding the common ground. It's either, you know, people who are monogamous that have differences in sexual desire, um, kind of bringing those to the table, being able to talk about those and having a mediator about it people who are monogamous who are interested in transitioning into an unconventional relationship 
asking all kinds of questions, giving them tips and techniques that I've used personally. Um, and I'm, I'm an open book, so I, I talk about from a place of experience. Um, I'm also reading and co- doing courses and all of these things on top of it. But for me, you know, I think having the experience of it and truly trying to understand what the feelings and the emotions that are coming up for them really helps the process. And so, yeah, it's, it's anybody, it's finding the common ground, it's finding areas of where we can, you know, work on, it's finding areas that they have questions on and just really diving into that together. And I'll work with couples together and I'll work with couples separately. So those, um, so, 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 so those couples that come in, um, uh, for example, uh, they want to push their boundaries a little bit more. They want to explore fantasies. It might be a couple who's now empty nesters and they've gone through this boring, stale, fucking in the missionary position on their bed for 25 years. And one of them says, you know, we'd like to try something a little bit different. We're not talking right now about bringing another person in. We're talking about trying something different. What would be an example of something you um, bring up for them? Well, it depends on what their kind of past is a little bit. You know, if this is solely, they've only had missionary sex, and they don't have very much sex, and they are they still, you know, connected, or do they still want to explore that sexual desire with one another? Do they want to open it up? So it's even going from a place of, you know, if you want to bring any, an easy way of doing this, if you want to bring some more sexual, you know, desire to the relationship, it could be something as simple as, doing something that spikes adrenaline within Mm -hmm. each of you because that has shown in studies to bring couples closer. So we're talking like easy, go do something that scares you a little bit together and see how that brings you closer. Mm -hmm. Um, We could go into watching porn, you know, there's watching porn together. I, I like Erica Lust porn because Mm -hmm. they call it kind of indie or ethical porn. Um, A lot of women tend to have a little bit of resistance to some porn because most of the time it's made by men for men, and I totally get that. Um, and Erica Left provides another kind of outlet for that, for watching porn together and picking out porn that you may enjoy together. And if you feel a little nervous about that, I've had you know couples who are really want to do that, but they feel nervous about picking it out together because they don't know if maybe it's going to upset the partner or not. Do it separately. Yeah, you know, true. you yeah. pick out one video and you pick out one video and then you guys can kind of talk about it before you play it and see if that's something that would be interesting and fun and then give it a go and know that you don't have to watch the entire thing. Mm-hmm. You can just watch a little bit of it and see how it goes. Toys. I mean, I am a big fan of of toys. We have our sponsor, Sweet Vibrations. The toys are really friendly because there's some toys out there that can be a little bit intimidating and really loud and large and you don't know how to use them just start off simple you know and just start exploring these areas with your partner use a rating scale from one to ten ten being oh i love that so much when you kiss me on my neck to being like oh that's not my favorite you know and so you just start to really learn from each other um so yeah there's so many different things to bring back the passion or hype you know in the bedroom to you guys can go to a play party together and see how that goes <laughs> you know yeah. there's so much <laughs> so much in between yeah there's so much variety and i think that's that can be Im- intimidating for some people but also i want it to be exciting and encouraging because there's so much that you can do within your strictly monogamous relationship 
that can bring, you know, that, that passion back and, and excitement back to the bedroom. Cool. We're going to, we're going to talk to you in our great sex matters about your podcast. You did from an all female sex club in a little bit, but I want to ask you um, when couples come in, do you talk to them about self-pleasuring? You know, life has always told us masturbation is something you do by yourself. You don't share with anybody and it's almost shamed upon you walk down on your kids doing it. And it's like, Oh my God, put that away. If you can't, it's going to fall off. What do you talk to couples or people mm-hmm. about masturbating? Yeah, you know, I think you're entitled to pleasure. Women and men are both entitled to pleasure. And this is pleasure with other people, but particularly pleasure with yourself. And if you don't really know how or what you like solo, how are you supposed to really express that to your partner and have this very fulfilling sex life with somebody else? Because it's such an intimate place. Um, So I think pleasure is huge. You know, me and my co-host always joke about an orgasm a day is how we start our day. <laughs> that is <laughs> like, nice. It's like our cup. Yeah, it's like our cup of coffee, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. And for so many people, they think, oh, I don't have time for it anymore. There's the kids. I have to go to this meeting. I, I have work and we just don't have time and we almost forget about it a little bit. Um, but do it in the shower or do it while you're taking a bath. There's always time to really enjoy that. And I think once you start to do that, you'll want to do it more of it. You know, you're not going to die saying, Oh God, I had too many orgasms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you, you have know? to give yourself that permission. Like you're saying, give yourself permission to do it. And then it becomes part of your routine. Before before right. I get before I get into the question about threesomes, I just want to bring up um, on our one of our recent shows um, from Hedonism, we had Kim and Brad from Tantric Hearts on, and they were talking about self pleasuring. And one of the things that they told us, or they told on our show, for couples to do, is for couples to get in bed, and one person masturbates and the other person actually takes notes of how the person self-pleasures themselves and it doesn't turn into sex and then the other person turns around and they self-pleasure they masturbate and then share those notes with the other person so they know how to properly take care masturbation uh, not masturbation wise but self-pleasure wise uh, to the other person because if you don't know what's good for them how are you going to know how to make them have an orgasm and it really has to do with, yeah. with looking at the techniques that one person would do. Like, say, for example, the guy, how he rubs the head of his cock or how fast he Carol's always off. amazed at how fast my hand goes when I <laughs> right. stroke myself. And when you watch your partner <laughs> masturbating, you can kind of learn some techniques about how they do it. Because, you know, a guy could get himself off in a minute. But when you're sucking his cock, it might take 10 or 15 minutes. You're thinking, But that's well, because you do it so well and we don't want it to end quickly. Uh, okay, yeah. well, baby. If I had some of those techniques, you know, I could like maybe make it happen faster and I wouldn't get a sore jaw or a sore neck or whatever. But I'm saying, well, you, that's why you have a pussy. You do want to pleasure your partner the best you absolutely, can. So that's absolutely. the whole. Goal I mean, I've here. learned from you watching you how you play with your clit and yeah. you get your pussy yeah. going, and yeah. now you just squirt everywhere. And it's fun watching you do it mm-hmm. and, and exactly where you put your fingers mm-hmm. on your clit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. wi- so Whitney. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great advice, and I think practice for anybody interested in doing that, and also just masturbating together. Yes. You know, people oh, always think sure. we have to have, you know, it moves into sexual intercourse, but it's like you guys can just masturbate together, and that can be just as enjoyable too. 
It is. Mm-hmm. You know, Carol loves when I come all over her tits. She mm-hmm. just watches me play with my cock. And it's just a turn on for both of right. us. And then she pulls out her womanizer and she but plays like with her clit. Actually, what I do sometimes when he's um, when he's masturbating, then I put on like a little show. So I know he's watching me. His eyes are directly in my eyes, but I'm putting on a little show for him. And then vice versa. And so when he's about to finish, mm-hmm. finish, he asks me, you know, do you want it? Where do you want it? And so I, I kind of come up with something. Okay, put it like right here. And then, you know, he can't even hold it long enough to get there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really fun and tittling. It is. It is. And it's just those those fantasies, those things that we talk about together and we talk about it in the morning. So she says, "Okay, tonight, you know, we're not going to fuck. We're going to, you know, masturbate. You're going to stroke your cock and um, I'll tell you where I want it just before you're ready to go. It's just a lot of fun. Awesome. I love that. (laughs) So I'm going to get back to threesomes. So you get a couple in your office. And as a guy, I know for my whole life, I wanted to have a threesome. I sit down in front of you and uh, the couple, uh, other, the wife sits down in front of you and you said, so what's one of your fantasies? And he says, I want a threesome. And she goes, wow, I want a threesome too. And he goes, with which one of your friends? And she goes, with which one of your male friends? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Yeah, so I think, you know, threesomes is one of the most pop group sex is one of the most popular fantasies, um, according to Justin LaMiller. And it's so true. It's it's something that all of us want to do. And so I think it's really kind of what we talked about earlier is diving into what are the restrictions? What what are you keeping yourself from exploring? And why are you keeping yourself from exploring that? What beliefs do you have around being with another man or another woman, even in the same room, if there's no, no even contact, what beliefs do you have surrounding that? And what does that say about you? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like diving more so into that. And I mean, truth of the matter is you can't make anybody do anything. You know, I, I have, I had a threesome, multiple threesomes um, with other women way before I had a threesome with another man. Hmm. Well, and so I, I had threesomes like, with other men way before I had threesomes with other women. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I had the complete opposite. And so I think it's just sitting down and talking about what are some of the fears, what are some of the beliefs and where overlap is, you know, right. and, and it's usually a process. It's not gonna, they won't typically leave and say, yay, great. Let's walk let's and right. see how it goes. But it is a little bit more of a process and, if you get to a place, depending on what the relationship is like, um, you get to a place of where maybe the man isn't comfortable having a threesome with another man. Is it possible for the female to have a, a, a threesome with two other men right. outside of her partner? When I first um, met David, so- when I first met David, it was his birthday. It had just come up and um, he asked for a threesome with two women, which uh, I had had. So like I told you so many threesomes with two men before, but I had never had a threesome with two women. So, um, I agreed. I had no issue with doing it, but I really had no idea of where to find a third woman. Like, where do you go? You go into a bar and tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, you want to come home with us? Like for me, it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. It's I had like no idea where to find that person. Now, of course, today as swingers Mm -hmm. and we understand the underground world and and the communities online, we can certainly find someone tomorrow or Tinder or whatever, which was not available way back then. But that was my only issue was where do you find that person do you go searching for your best friend or a friend that you can trust or do you get a random girl off the street right that was my main question (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and i think now it's it's a little different now like you said the whole you know there's 
plenty of dating apps now. Mm -hmm. If there is a friend talking to a friend, and sometimes you can just meet somebody out. It just kind of depends on the situation. Right. Absolutely. All right. So before we take a quick break and go into part two, I just want to remind everybody, because we're talking about these fantasies and pushing boundaries, that when you get into these things that you haven't done before, we always tell people if you do it and shit hits the fan you can't hold it against each other you both went into it with open minds you spoke about it when you come out of it if something happened you talk about it you give Whitney a call you (laughs) You, do something you learn from it learn from (laughs) it you you can't get mad at each other about it because you both went in consensually I think that's good advice amen I couldn't agree with you more and, you know, all of this threesome stuff is all so interesting, but we just have to get a, take a second to remind everybody that we are Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion with Whitney Miller. She, of course, has her own podcast, and she's a designer relationship coach. Uh, coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. All right, Whitney Miller, that was an absolutely amazing show. Thanks so much for sharing your time. Why don't you take a minute and tell everyone how they can find you online, social media, your website, and reach out to you for coaching. Awesome. Yeah, this is really fun. Thanks again for having me on. And um, everyone can find me. I'm really um, active on Instagram, which is wit in love. And that's the letter N. So it's W-H-I-T-N-L-O-V-E. Um, same on Twitter. But it's also my website, witinlove.com. And um, if you have any questions pertaining to relationships or coaching and how that may work, you can either send me an email at whitneyinlove at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram. I try to respond to as many DMs as I possibly can. Um, Yeah, just reach out to me and we can work together. Or like I said, I can just answer any questions that you may have coming up in your relationship. And if if people want to hear your podcast? Oh, yes. My podcast is called True Sex and Wild Love. And I co-host that with Dr. Wednesday Martin. She's the author of Untrue. If you haven't read that book, I highly, highly recommend it. it life-changing for me and I basically stopped Wednesday until she would do a podcast with me (laughs) and now we're the greatest of friends um so yeah true sex and wild love is on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and all of the places where you can find the um podcast and we have about 17 episodes and we release that every Thursday and now now that you've been a guest on our show it will also be up on the sexylifestyle.com Awesome. Love that. Yay. 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 So thanks again for being with us. And we are learning more and more every week with all our fantastic guests. And we hope you do too. Visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to find out more about all our expert guests. You can even contact them if you have questions about sex, sexuality, and relationships. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll get the first month free. Check it out. And remember to join us at Hito 2, that amazing clothing optional resort in Jamaica, for repeat, offend- repeat offenders reunion days, December 14th to 27th, when the rates are going to be the lowest of the year. The rates may be low, but the sexiness is going to be off the charts. We're going to be there. We're going to be broadcasting there. So come and join us. For more information about this trip or anything else, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. All righty. Well, that's an amazing show. That's it for today. Part one and Whitney Miller, thank you so much for being here. 
Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And thanks again to all our listeners for being out there. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. All right, don't go too far. This is the end of part one. We're going to come back with part two in just a second. Uh, You'll find it in the same listings of our shows um, on Voice America or wherever you're listening. So hang on. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.